Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my antsy-pantsy friend, Frank. How are you today? You know, the 60s were a crazy time, and I'm paying for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. You've yeah, you've been living the Dennis Hopper life is what you've been doing. Or the Stan Lee life. Or the Stan Lee life. Oh yeah, that was the Stan Lee reference. I'm glad that you said (laughs) that. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I forgot. Oh Uh, yes indeed. Very good. Very, very good. So anyway, Frank, how are you today? I am fantastic. I'm fantastic. How are you? I am also very good. I am also very good, Frank. I'm so good. I feel like the hills are alive with the sound of music. Mm, They're not, but I feel that way. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually, that was a reference to something that you will understand when you ask me a certain question (laughs) or when I ask you a certain question. So what are you drinking? I am drinking... Uh, I'm drinking Von Trapp Bohemian Pilsner. Ah, there it is. See? There that was pretty it is. good, right? That was it pretty was, good. That it was, was pretty, pretty good. good. Von Trapp Bohemian Pilsner. I'm not sure that I've tried that one. I've tried other Von Trapp brewing. Uh... It's good. It's kind of it's kind of spicy. Um, it's got a it's kind of it's dry for a Pilsner. It's almost even kind of heavy for a Pilsner uh, in terms of, you know, other really really light yep. pilsners that are out yep. there um but it's kind of it's kind of spicy kind of citrusy kind of peppery it's pretty good i do recommend you know it's all the things that captain von trapp was <laughs> spicy <laughs> citrusy you know yeah, yeah. peppery it was all a those spicy things. a little sour it's got all the things it's he was those, he things, was those though. things yeah yeah so that's that's what i'm drinking what are you drinking I'm drinking a beer that I bought. I'm not ashamed to say I bought purely because of the can, uh, but oh, then it turned out to be good. a really good beer too. Um, can you see this? Can you, can <gasps> it's rec- Greek beer. It's like a Greek. It's like the Greek like coffee cup style. Yeah, you know, the paper the bl- blue, the blue, and white the blue with, with the, the white writing. etching. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. And it's it like is white called- filigree. Exactly. Exactly. It is called "We Are Happy to Serve the Servants." It is a coffee milk stout from Bunker Brewing Company. And wow. uh, this is the last one I have left from a six pack. I've been holding on to it specifically so I could do it on the show. You drink it on the show. That's and that's uh, fantastic. It's it's pretty great. I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty thrilled about it. I, I love it. It's a nice, rich milk stout. I'm taking a sip here. Yeah, very strong on the coffee, um, but but it's oh, it's 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 so good. It's so so good. So I just figured that I would 
break it out. And and I, I encourage you, you know, look at the show notes. I always put the names of all of all. What, by the way, yeah, in case you don't know, the names of the beers we drink are always in the show notes. You can always find mm-hmm. them there. Uh, so so take a look at it and, and, you know, copy and paste the name into Google or something. Or maybe, I'll, you know what? I'll do you one better. I'll put a picture of the cans into the show notes. I'll oh, do my job as a podcaster. Um, oh, so fancy today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Um so that people can take a look at it because it is pretty, pretty funny. Uh, the it's the kind of can that would catch your eye. Hmm. So we saw a movie. Each of we us did see a movie. We did. We saw the celebrated sequel to the 2015 hit Ant Man. I think it was 2015. I'm going with it. 2015 hit Ant Man entitled Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, starring Paul Rudd. Uh, Michael Douglas, uh, Evangeline Lilly, Michelle Pfeiffer, but not really. Um, but here we go. All these, all these things directed by Peyton Reed. I'm running out of things. I wait. I'm not on Academy Rewind. I was right going to say you're I, doing the Academy Rewind spiel here. I don't have to actually say all those things. Yes, <gasps> great. That was all from my head, though. Go. Uh, that me. was I'm pretty s- impressive. I could see you weren't using notes. That was pretty good. That was like that was like a hybrid between Academy Rewind and Supergirl CV Talk. The way you did that. That's right. There you go. Here, yeah. we, here we go. Happy to be here. So, for those of you who have not seen it, stop listening because stop. we're in, we're just gonna spoil just gonna all it. of it. We're gonna ruin it. And here's what we're gonna ruin, Frank. The science of this movie is wrong, and here's why. I've laid out these equation. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how we're gonna ruin it. Yeah. I don't know if the science was wrong or not. It was great. This movie was super fun. Good job. I Billy loved Grace it. Tyson. I, yeah. Thank you. I loved it more than the first one. What did you think? I liked it. Oh, it interesting. It was fun. I That's didn't love it more than the first one, but I really liked it. I did sincerely really liked it. Um I think it was it had a lot of whimsy, it had a lot of heart. Um but uh I I think I would still hold the first one in in slightly higher regard. Um it, it Why is that? Um I think the first one was funnier. I think the first one was a. I wasn't expecting much from the first one. You know, a lot of it comes down to expectations. Um, sure. And so I, because I had certain expectations coming out of the first one, I was sort of hoping the second one would be, you know, sort of on a on a similar, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I just had expectations of how funny I thought it would be or whatever. And 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 it mm-hmm. wasn't quite as funny. Uh, I thought there weren't as many jokes. Let me put it that way. It's not that when they tried, it wasn't funny. It's just that I don't think there was as much humor in the film, you know, by design, um, as, as the last time. So, um, so yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would, I would say it was a thoroughly enjoyable, like I would still give it like, you know, a good three and a half, four out of five stars. A four out of five. Okay. You can do halves if you want to do halves. I, I decided okay. to round up. I decided to round up. Okay. That, that's, that gives you some idea of how much I liked it. You know, it, yes. instead of translating to a 3.5 out of five, I decided, no, I'd round it up to half point to the four. Okay, that makes sense. Because even like a three out of five, I'd give you um, even a three out of five. I'd give you a, a um, even though you could say that's a A B C D E or A B C D F. Like I'd still say three out of five is a respectable like score for a movie. Um, mm-hmm. But um, that's interesting. I actually thought this movie was funnier than the first one. I thought the I thought the villain was more interesting, and I thought that. I thought that the use of the the use of the power sets were was better handled. Now there I definitely agree with you. The use of the power sets was was better this time around. Fully agree mm-hmm. there. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. 
it wasn't bad in the first one. It no. was, but I think I think there was a full range of like almost the soldier aspect of of their powers. The shrink, like you really can't hit them if you right if you're a regular person. If they're good right. about being where they want to be and shrinking. So I just went back and rewatched the first one after seeing the second one. Just to kind of see if there was, you know, references to the first one that I missed or something like that. Um, I so I, I really dug the progression of Scott Lang from the first film to this film because you have this, you have Captain America: Civil War, and then you have Ant Man and the Wasp, and where he is as a fighter in the first film compared to this one is leaps and bounds. Oh, crazy difference. It's crazy, and he's very athletic. I actually forgot this from the first one because he's a burglar. So, like, there's that bit when he's breaking into Hank Pym's house for the first time, where he runs and hops and jumps the fence, and then he scales mm-hmm. the house on his own. I had forgotten all of that, and so had, it didn't. Go ahead. I had to actually until you, until you mentioned it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, totally, that was, totally forgot he was capable of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you forget just how, um, yeah, how athletic he is. Yeah, how nimble he can be, and yes. so, but. And then and then on the hope side of things that she's already extremely capable. So like when we meet her in this film, you plot she's like she plops in. She is full wasp, but there's no like, right. I'm getting used to this power set or whatever. If she could have plopped herself into the suit in the first film and done just as fine. Mm-hmm. She was fully mm-hmm. prepared. And the only reason she wasn't in the suit is because Hank didn't want to lose her because he had lost Janet, so on and so forth. So. One, just to go to the back to the beginning of the film. I Marvel, I think, just likes de-aging people now. I think it's just I mean, a thing it that works. they know they can do it, and it's cool, and I get a kick out of it literally every time. It's crazy for me every time. It's nuts. It's nuts because, I mean, Michael Douglas, again, looked, you know, crazy realistic. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer was, that was shockingly good. Um, yeah. I, I don't was, know if that was actually her, you know, body or if there's a stand in or something and they just had it was her. Like, I think it was it was it's always them. I think that's the well, I had heard that Lawrence Fishburne, that was his son, his son's body. That's what I had heard. I'm not sure if that's true, um, but that that was what was being hmm. put out there. So I mean, that, that's that's why I, I ask. It's I mean, it's very possible, but most and, and of the we time know that like Carrie themselves. Fisher in. Rogue One, that wasn't her body; it was someone else. And, and oh, that's that's true. But I was thinking Peter Cushing is no longer alive. So, so you know, but right. but um, so I was I thinking some, just Marvel. Just that's Marvel. My, that's yeah, my I, fault. Yeah, yeah. I was the just Marvel. I didn't know that about Lawrence Fishburne. That's interest. That's interesting. Yeah, I could. You know, I would actually. I will use my one look up to verify that because I don't want to make false claims if if without backing it up. But sure, um, sure. Well, I'm thinking back to even other films where they aged or de-aged people. So they age up Haley Atwell for mm-hmm, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they de-age Michael Douglas for Ant-Man. They de-age Robert Downey Jr. for Civil War, but that's definitely him. Is it, though? Because uh, he was so skinny. I wonder if it was somebody else or if they just totally, I don't know. I don't know. I know that when they scronify, new word, Steve Rogers for Captain America, it's a it's a body double. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's somebody else playing that bit. Well, w- Chris Evans played those exact scenes so they could capture his face. Yeah. And then they had the body double replicate those motions. Got it. So because he was already huge for to play right. Captain America. Same so. with 
Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man that, that he did his like the when he's buff. That's actually oh yes, him that's the scrawny right. One actually no, the scrawny one is not is not uh, a uh, a double. They actually CG'd him to look scrawny when his shirt is off. Oh, is that what they did? Oh, and, oh, oh. and when he's shirtless and he's buff, that's actually his body. That's cool. That's cool. I knew when he was shirtless, it was him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he was buff, when he was Spider-Man, because he had to be in the suit and stuff. Right. But um, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. But anyway, makes a big kick. What I it's funny because I when I watched this movie, I was like, "Wow, how long is it going to take for them to just do a whole movie with them de-aged?" I go out of the movie, check online. Samuel Jackson will be de-aged twenty five years for the entirety of Captain Marvel, and I'm like, "Well, there you go. One movie took one <laughs> one movie took the, the time that I thought that to the time for me checking online a two hour movie, which is um, pretty cool." But Sam Jackson has barely aged, so well, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, according to comicbook.com, an article published June 20th, um, yeah, it says it says that Lawrence Fishburne's son um, played the younger Bill Foster. And they and they CG'd his they CG'd um, Fishburne, um, Lawrence's face onto you know his son's body. It actually doesn't say. I assume that's the case, which is the younger version of Lawrence Fishburne's Bill Foster slash Goliath will be played by his son Langston Fishburne. I thought it was just a different actor. I didn't, th- I, I didn't think it was actually him. I thought it was, all. but maybe it was just his son. It was just his son yeah. playing a younger version of him. Yeah, that's crazy. A t- kind of s- total sa- tangent side note. I just saw Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. last night for the first time. Oh. Seventy millimeter on the big screen. Super cool experience. Lawrence Fishburne is like fifteen years old in that movie. That's and crazy. It was so weird. That's so. He weird. was so. He was so skinny. But it was absolutely Lawrence Fishburne, like the way he would like laugh and move his head and stuff. I'm like, oh my god! Isn't that is. always isn't that always so weird when you see somebody who you know so well and you see them young and it's like they're so different. Like the first time I watched Tron and I saw young Jeff Bridges, mm, that right. was so weird. That was so weird. Um, right. This article mentions all the people who played the younger, so the younger Michael Douglas played by Dax Griffin, the younger um, Janet Van Dyne is played by Haley Lovett. So the article just it's like from a cast list. So I think these are all the body the body doubles. doubles. So, sure, but it's but they oh, but the actor always plays themselves in the scene and then they overlay the two exactly, together. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So when we say body double, we shouldn't, you know, it's not like they just CG'd the face onto something, Correct. which is why I think Correct. let's say the Marvel ones work, but say Princess Leia in Rogue One it looks or off. it looks a little different because it's not exactly that person. So they're not really capturing mm-hmm. the face exactly. Mm-hmm. So hmm, that's crazy. I think Michael Douglas, I think, in bo- is still my favorite for like the de-aging process. I agree. I agree. It's that the most first seamless. scene, in, yeah, that first scene in Ant Man is crazy. It's just Michael Douglas. Like it's like American President or like Dangerous, totally. um, Dangerous Liaison. No, not Dangerous Liaisons. Um, well, anything from like the late eighties, early nineties. Like it's it. It looks like. That era, Michael Douglas, yep, to a T, flawless, like flawless, flawless. Anyway, going back to going back to Ant Ant Man. Are you familiar with Bill Foster at all? Speaking, we're talking about Lawrence Fishburne, that character. I'm really not. Okay, so fun fact: so Lawrence Fishburne plays a man named Bill Foster, who in the comics is the superhero Goliath, who can like you know grow and blah 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 you kind of get that from the context of the film yes um goliath 
is in the comic Civil War. Oh. And he is, he is murdered by Thor. The robot, remember the robot Thor comes down? Yes, Mr. Fantastic I do. and yeah, yeah, yeah. They create robot Thor and he murders Bill Foster, he murders Goliath. That's probably his biggest okay. claim okay. to fame. So I, I did read I read Civil War the comic shortly before Civil War the movie came out as a refresher. Mm-hmm. I had read some of it while it was coming out, you know, ten, mm-hmm. twelve years ago, whatever it was. Um but uh but yeah, I, I read some of it. I re- reread it when it was before the movie, and I do I do remember that. Okay, so that's Bill Foster. Got it. Yeah. Um so I I liked that bit of a twist where he's kind of, I mean, you watch that scene, I don't know about you, I watched that scene, I was like, oh, so he's the bad guy. Okay, got it. He's the mastermind. When I saw but the I, trailers, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, he's only in this we only show me one scene with Lawrence Fishburne. He's there's gotta be more to this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so but what I really what I really enjoyed about that is that he's really not the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. he has a very clear arc of I'm trying to do this to save her life, but she's taking it too far and I've tried to help her as much as possible and it's just not working because you have this poor kid ghost whose name is Ava and she is basically raised by shield to be an assassin right and so she doesn't really have a problem with killing people to get what she wants because that's what her ultimate that's what her ultimate upbringing was mm-hmm. and and so i her motivations i liked her as a villain i thought her motivations were very clear and i liked the separation between her and bill foster and then there, there's, there's a bit of a redemption arc within her just a tiny bit enough to um enough to make you really feel for her in a way that I haven't really felt for many villains outside of a Loki um, Thanos to an ex- Thanos to an extent, but most villains you're kind of like you're doing it for because you want to rule or you want money or you want this. You're just like being evil for the sake of being evil, even if you're fun to watch or whatever. Um, but she had like real personal motives and I, I enjoyed mm. that. That's interesting because I I honestly didn't care for her very much as a villain or found her sort of I mean I get I when I really stop and think about it when I really really like dig into like wow what it must feel like to be that person mm-hmm. when I think about it then then I think about everything you just said but as I was watching the film I didn't have those feelings as much mm. I don't know I, and I I have heard other people express this too where it just not that she's a bad villain, but um, I, I don't know. I didn't. Th- th- she was somewhat sympathetic, but I found myself not really being somewhat. Um, what's the word? Numb to to sort of like, yeah, okay, she's bad for for just for reasons, and she wants to hurt people. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of like that superhero yeah, fatigue we're talking about <laughs> settling maybe, in, but- in me. Um, Maybe, but but I don't. But she's not bad for reasons to hurt people. That's the thing. No, she, you're right. You're right. That you know what I mean. Like that's that's not her motivation at all. She doesn't want to just hurt people or rule the world. She's just trying to get better so she doesn't die. She just wants the pain to go away. She just wants she, the pain to right. Go well, away she's she well, she's live. gonna right. She wants to live. It's not even the pain. Like she's going to die if she doesn't do this. And so you from. You know, she's it's just survival. But you couple that with somebody whose whole life they've just been taught to kill and to fight. And, you know, the 
somebody a uh, uh, listener Damon had brought up that um she had spent some time with Bill Foster between the collapse of Shield right. and this movie but you're talking a year uh, you're talking 3 years maybe and like that's not enough time when when he's kind of on her side at this point to like get it done help save her life blah 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 that's not enough time to be like oh well you shouldn't kill people to get what you want Compared with 25, 30 years of her life prior to that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So uh, so I, I'm definitely not on her side, but I enjoyed that every level of this movie was personal, where there's no there's no one really there to, you know, take over the company or rule the world or right, right. not not really. Um, so because you have you have Hank's and Hope's motivation is just to get Janet back. It's just to get yes their the mother. It's just to get her mother back and 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 his wife, and then Scott's motivation is just to help them, but also just to just to be free, yeah. you know, because he's under house arrest. Which I thought those bits were hilarious. Oh my god, that was the house so arrest funny. stuff was the house stuff arrest was amazing. Great stuff. Um, and so that's his motivation is just to help. And it's not even to like prove himself or anything like that. It's it is purely to make to right some wrongs. That's it. You know, I, feels, I was gonna say it's more than just the help. It's he wants to make good for for you know his run it, his mistake. Away. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, so he ran away to help Captain America and didn't tell anybody and stole the suit, which makes Hank and um, Hope go, have to go on the run. That scene by the when he's like, oh yeah, no, this is like, you know like. When I helped Cap, and she's like, "Cap, Cap? yeah, Cap- Captain America. It's what, it's what we call him. Yeah, um, that was hilarious. He's just, oh, Captain America, you're great. You know, yeah, I'm such a fan. Oh, I know you too. You're great. Um, <laughs> that was pretty great. He is great. Um, so and then you and then you have, you know, and then you have Bill Foster and. And Ghost, who it's personal for them just to get her better. Yep. But it's also personal for Bill because he has a rivalry with Hank. Kind of a grudge. And that, kind of a grudge. And then and then even on top of that, you have um you have the the FBI kind of making it, you know, the um the guy in charge what's the guy's name in charge Woo. of the FBI? Woo, right. It's just it's him going like, I need a win. Like, yeah. I need this to, you know, it's personal for him too. He just needs a victory. Mm-hmm. So it's almost a movie in which nobody's really at fault except for um, Goggins there. What's his What's his name? Uh, Walton Goggins. Was Walter Goggins. Oh, yeah, Walter Goggins. Yeah, Walt- yeah, yeah. Walton. It's actually, I Walton. Is it? Oh, it's Walton. Yeah, not Walter. I thought it was Walter, but it's Walton. Ah, oh, that's like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's it so, is. It is. So uh, close. Sonny Birch is his. Uh... Sonny Birch. Sonny Birch. They're really the only ones that you could even technically say like they're the evil ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, in their right. own way, right. because even Scott's like little troop, his friends, like they're just trying to make their job work so yep. they're not bankrupt, you know, Luis and everybody. So I just like that. It's almost a part in the pun. It's a small film in that in that sense. Yeah. You know, there's there's no corporate espionage. There's no we got to save the world. This mm-hmm. thing's going to blow up and destroy the city. Literally none of that, except when it comes to Walt Sonny Birch. Yeah. 
you know, but you don't even know really what his total motivation is apart no. from he's working for, quote, some very bad people. So I didn't care. I didn't care for his character very much. He was not very well fleshed out. He was not super interesting. He struck me a little bit just sort of like a like a like Dukes of Hazard villain or something. Like he was not super it was just sort of like, I'm here for crime reasons and in his here parts, we're in charge. You know, like just okay, whatever. He wasn't interesting. And that's a shame because he's actually a really gifted actor. He is. Um, He's very good. So it's it's uh, it was too bad that he wasn't utilized more. I thought that was actually one of the things that was disappointing was he just wasn't a very interesting or fleshed out character. He was really, you know, just sort of a a goon. Um, well, I I have two thoughts on this. So yes, he was definitely a goon. I'll 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 give you that. Um, his his motivation kind of comes from being lied to by hope, right? You know, she, yes, they're getting parts from him on the black market, but now he wants the tech to sell it because he works for some quote, some very bad people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of his motivation. I, I found him interesting cause I like Walton Goggins. So like maybe that was, you know, I was, I was on board with his performance if you want to put it that way. But I also felt a little gypped that, now this is the character that Walton Goggins is in the MCU. Like, yeah, I, he probably could have played a more important character because he's that good of an actor. But instead, we got Sonny Birch instead. So I hope he like comes back in another film. Like maybe there's a you know maybe there's a way that he they backdoor him into uh, another film. I I don't know, but well, it wasn't when? Go ahead. I mean, because Sonny Birch, Sonny Birch is is a like character in the comics, right? So like it's possible they bring him back in, in another film, I guess, but I don't know. Well, it, to me the like the empty threat of I work for some bad people means that there's there's another layer of person that we haven't seen yet sure. that's arguably a bigger villain. And I was giving this some thought. I've seen some articles online they're like, "Do you think Sonny Birch works for Norman Osborn or something like that?" Oh, which is possible, sure. which is possible, but if he's in an Ant-Man film, I don't think we're moving in Norman Osborn direction for no. Ant-Man. That doesn't make sense to me. Not I mean, really. Ghost is e- Ghost is even an Iron Man villain. It's not even an Ant-Man villain. So, because Ant-Man doesn't really have any villains. Right. You, right. We kind of used the one Ant-Man villain in the last movie. Yeah, yeah. So, unless you count Ultron in the comics because he's made by Hank Pym, but yeah, that's totally but out for the movie. So, that, yeah. um, so you got to start taking from other characters now. So, I was thinking that it might be the Roxanne Corporation that we that we might get. So, um, so if he works for some very bad people, you're talking tech market and all this stuff. Roxanne, R-O-X-X-O-N, is like the, I don't know, what would you call him? Like the Gulf of... Or Exxon. Or Exxon, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good. Comparison. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, I was thinking um, oil spills and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like BP like did the, the the big oil yeah, spill. Yeah, BP. Right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so, so I'm thinking we go in. I think we might see something going in that direction because right now Roxxon's been a huge um, thorn in the side of. Thor, Jane Foster Thor in the comics. So they've been like a huge entity in the books that way. And they were big in the ultimate universe for a long time. And so maybe we'll get some more 
corporate heisty stuff when it comes around for the third yeah film. that would be cool that would be cool actually i could see that being a fun like heist film yeah well the first one was a heist film yeah so i mean that's back to basics baby do. yeah back to basics exactly um so yeah so overall i really enjoyed this film i don't think the score gets i don't think the score for the first one or the second one gets enough props but i really dig the the funky jazzy 60s horns i like the know. theme a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's good yeah it's a good thing it's could you believe they got Michael Douglas to actually put on an Ant-Man type suit? That was so cool that he actually did that. I know. I was like, I can't believe they actually convinced him to put this on. I know. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. Although he did an interview and he's like, I'm totally ready to do a Hank Pym prequel. That would be so cool. Yeah. De-age that. me, baby. Yeah. But I want so bad. I was thinking about this when I walked out of this movie. So Hank Pym's probably in his, what, 60s, 70s, you'd say? Yeah, exactly. Right. So... I so that means he was that means he'd be in his 20s if not 30s right for um for in the 60s yep. right All right so this is what this is what I want I want a I want Disney to buy I want Disney to buy Fox so mm-hmm. he can get the Fantastic 4 mm-hmm. I want a Fantastic 4 movie set in the 60s dealing with Shield and Hank Pym at the front of some of that, yes, because then you, because then you're including, you, then you're including the de-aged. Even a scene would be awesome, like a de-aged Michael Douglas as Ant Man in his prime, standing right next to Reed Richards and the Thing and the Human Torch and Invisible Woman, and oh. it would be amazing. Because then you could also bring in Peggy Carter and like you know like all the like that would be that would Howard be Stark. Howard Stark, exactly. That would be, they're like really missing some prime real estate in the 1960s with that would the be, Fantastic Four. That would be really, really, really cool. I would be yep. so, so all over that. Because you're also talking, the 60s, you're also talking the Cold War and spies. And if you take that approach to Latveria and Doctor Doom, you mm. do like 60s spies, Cold War with Doctor Doom, with oh Ant-Man and Peggy you Carter. Oh my God, you do a Bond film. Howard, you do a you do Bond, a Bond film in the MCU. You do a Bond film with the original Ant-Man. Oh. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. I know. I know. I know. See, We're like... This Super is missing the out. Yes, they really are. They really, yeah. really are. This is what makes the MCU, MCU so good is that they can do all these different genre films with these characters from the comics, right? Mm-hmm. That's what makes this this whole project, this whole experiment so special. Yep, I completely agree. Oh, that would be so awesome. Well, I know. T- before we wrap things up on, on, on Ant-Man and the Wasp, a, a few things. I know I started off on sort of a negative spot saying, like, it was fine. I didn't, you know, it didn't, wasn't my favorite, but... Um, some things that I absolutely loved was the, the gag with the truth serum was hysterical. Oh, that was time. hilarious. It is truth serum. It, yeah, the, yes, <laughs> the callback at the end was so great. Anytime Michael Pena is on screen, honestly, in the, in this movie or the previous one, but the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing where he's narrating and all the actors are like mouthing that was his, a nice, his narration. It's a nice oh. callback to the first one. I think it was yeah. actually done better this one. It had a quicker pace than the other ones I had noticed. Yes. Yeah, the, 
like the um the first two in the first film are a little bit slower and this one is like boom we're in it like Much you're used more... to this already yeah exactly because it's like you know this bit we're doing this bit again we're doing the drunk history bit you know mm-hmm. it's like that but it's also I don't I don't quite remember if they did it as much in the first one, but they were the actors I felt like were leaning into it more and like if he said something kind of sassy, Evangeline Lilly would like have a sassy like expression and like be flippant and be like, you know, throw yes, stuff absolutely. around or whatever. They were much I, I feel for, based on my memory of the first one, leaning into that much more and being much sillier because he was being silly. And it yes, made the I whole agree. bit funnier. I agree. Because the first one, the actors mostly portray it normally like mm-hmm. he they're using his words but they're pretty normal in their in their body language yes. but this it was hilarious i loved every so second funny. of it so i funny. think th- they were even funnier in this film than they were in the first film that trio yeah i i, I would agree with that even though i still think the first movie was funnier on the whole i would agree that that trio was funnier this time around because we know them and they were able mm-hmm. to be sort of their silliest best um i did notice that paul rudd got a writing credit on this uh this time around oh i didn't notice that that's great yeah that's very good i loved the cardboard maze at the beginning yes that was so cute for his daughter yeah yeah that was awesome that That was was, great and then the whole thing where he's he's like a three-quarter size in the school and he's wearing the giant sweatshirt Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, my God, that was so funny. I love, would you like some string cheese in a juice box? <laughs> do, do you have do those? Do you really have those? <laughs> <laughs> do you have those? Uh, yeah, that so was great. That was, those were, both those were great. I think the the fighting, like, overall with Wasp and Ant-Man and Ghost, I thought, actually, I thought the ghost effects were very cool because she there was, like, a lingering effect, almost, yeah. like, a, almost like a 3D cover to a book where you can kind of see the trace yes. of something. That's a yeah. good way of putting it, that lenticular 3D look. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. That was tasty. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the whole, I enjoyed the whole movie. Not a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer at all yeah. no but that's what to be expected right like because yeah. she was being rescued at the end so yeah um, well you didn't know that she was going to be rescued at the end you know what i mean like it like got to the i point mean i knew she, she was, was going to be rescued at the end <laughs> yeah apparently there were quite a few flashback scenes that they cut out oh really yeah maybe it was just for time or for pacing or whatever but i guess it just didn't um there's, so there's probably more of her in the film i could um, see that I, I could see there being like maybe they were going to do it two or three times and they decided once was enough once was plenty. I enjoyed revisiting the original Ant-Man and Wasp scene on the missile. Yeah. Because it was the same. It was pretty much the same footage from the first film. I enjoyed I enjoyed looking at that. And then, of course, we have to talk about the end, the mid-credits I was going to say, we have to get to that before we go. Yeah. Um, It was, ex- it delivered exactly what I wanted, actually, from the mid-credits scene. It's, it, it, it's what it gave I thought me the, would happen. Me too. I saw them all on the roof and I was like, they're all gone. And Scott yep. will be fine. Yep. I didn't know how exactly, but I, I'm curious. So they go. So he goes back into the quantum realm to to get some to get some energy, whatever, to help Ghost. So they're actively helping her get better. Yep. Which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what heroes do. That's what heroes do, right? And then they. Because that's what heroes do. That was a good Thor Ragnarok reference that you made without even knowing it. Um, Sun's getting real low. Sun's getting real low. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, piss off, ghost. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, ghost, because this movie has ghosts. 
Ah, ah comes around. Ah. So, so I wasn't expecting him to get stuck in the quantum realm, but I wonder if capturing a bit of that energy will just help him get out. So I think he captured that energy, and then Michelle Pfeiffer uh, or Janet before before he went into the quantum realm was like, "Oh, and watch out for those time vortexes; those will really get you." So I feel mm. like that was a big like. There's going to be something with a time vortex where maybe he goes back in time and stops Thanos from snapping or something like that. Oh uh, well, you know we did talk about them going back in time, but if they could all shrink down to go back in time through a time vortex and then do like a hop through the MCU. You know, like in a time vort, that would make that makes a lot of sense. If they all, if if I mean, I mean, like not just Ant not just Man, Scott, not just yeah, not just Scott, but if the existing Avengers. Oh, I so see. all he, the living, so all if, the characters who survived the snap, or all the major like Avengers he, who survived the snap, right? Because he doesn't know about the snap, right? He knows right. nothing, so there's no reason for him to like go back and end up there That's or anything true. like that. That's so true. if he can get out contact the avengers because he has that contact info right or at least enough and then and then he knows enough about the time vortexes in there that they all can all shrink down go back in time and then reset the universe but how does he get out without somebody there to get him out i think well he got out of the quantum realm in the first film without anybody there to get him out i guess that's true but is there something yeah. different this time? Because he was so desperate to get to, to have well, an answer. Well, Cassie. Well, I mean, it's in a mid credit scene. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't know what happened to anybody. But he had to play with his regulator in the first one. He had right. to. Right. He, he had to do some finicky magic on it because he has a master's in engineering, which I had also forgotten about. So as most burglars do. A- exactly. Exactly. So what's well, not how we started? He's really a Robin Hood, a Robin Ant. So. And ant hood. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done with those. So I think there's a lot of then, but good call on the time vortex. I think that's definitely going to come into play somehow. Somehow it will. Some, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been Beer with Geeks. You can find us on beerwithgeeks.com and Facebook and Gmail and Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us all the places podcasts can be found, such as Spotify, Google Play, and the iTunes Store, otherwise known as Apple Podcasts. You can, of course, also go to thoughtbubbleaudio.com to check out all other Thought Bubble Audio shows, and you can find Frank in person at 123 Fake Street, Illinois, <laughs> 60652. Um, yeah. yeah, no, Stark Expo Live, September 1st. It's only a scant seven weeks away or something. Um, September 1st in Atlanta, Georgia, Stark Expo Live. Eventbrite.com. Uh, and uh, Untitled Tech Podcast. If you like hearing two non developer people who just like technology talking about technology. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds real good. All right. Well, then, until next time, cheers. cheers.